oracle soup. Dishing up tasty morsels of tarot wisdom and other oracular tidbits with your hosts, Katrina Wynn and Gina Thies. Two saucy sisters broadcasting from the magnificent Oregon coast and from deep in the heart of Texas. And inviting your questions about tarot, oracles, counseling skills, reading advice, and more. Be sure to visit our website at oraclesoup.org to listen to our podcast archive. You can also visit us on Facebook and like our Oracle Soup page, where you can share your wisdom and request for Oracle Soup topics. Soup is hot now, and it's ready to be served. Welcome back to Oracle Soup, all our very, very fine listeners. We're so happy to have you with us. And this is Katrina Wynn out in the very, very lovely, moist forest of Oregon on the coast. And Gina Thies here in Yahoo, Texas. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yahoo, Texas. That's Oregon. Mm -hmm. All right. Over over yonder. And we're actually having some lovely weather. I'm, I'm kind of excited that the weather is cooling it's turning to cooler temperatures um and uh i think for you know uh this time of year it's been um unusually warm hence all of the storms but so far so good right now this week at least hey we can only what hope we can only <laughs> we know what's around the corner do we unless we're using our cards sometimes but some of us yeah, don't really never know way. when you have to run um actually uh, as i as i've lived in north texas i've been um blessed to not have to you know really haven't had the real impact of storms and hurricanes uh since leaving leaving my native new orleans and um kind of knew I wasn't going to be in that area just for the the fact of it's so um as as climate change happens and it's getting worse but um here I am and here I am with you and I'd like to welcome all of our listeners we have an exciting um kitchen table conversation uh episode here so I would even use the word delightful because the person we're conversing with is someone that, you know, Gina and I have known for years, mostly through various tarot conferences we've gone to, like BATS in the San Francisco area. And uh, uh, does she go to a reader studio sometimes? Definitely. She has. As yeah. a matter of fact, she and I shared a taxi uh, as we left the Met from one of uh, Bob Place's um, um workshops on the the history of tarot that he does so yeah that's how i got to officially meet her and interact with her nice and then what's really delightful she's been coming all the way up to portland oregon for newts and one of the things she's been specializing in so some people may recognize her for is developing printing selling as well as teaching about the petite lenormand deck or the lenormand deck and uh, and when you get to know her from our kitchen table conversation, you'll really be able to put together the beautiful and unique images she's been using and why they're so special for her. She has an incredible sense of humor. <laughs> um, just just a funny and sweet human being. 
um, and just incredibly talent in how she can choose these images and pull the, them together in a full deck. Um, so that's, you know, as I've created and, and gone through the process of, of deck creation, that's that's not necessarily an easy thing. Uh, you have to be especially um, tuned in, I, I'd say, to be able to do that and create a tool that other people are going to use. So we're lucky to have her do those things and pull together some fantastic decks. And we were lucky to be able to grab her for this kitchen table conversation. I think you'll enjoy it. And with no further ado, please enjoy our talk and our conversation with Marsha McCord. Yes, indeed. Enjoy. This will be great. I think you'll get a lot out of it. And uh, you'll get to know her better and find out what she's all up to. We'll have links to everything that she's up to, of course. And um, if you are planning to attend a conference and you happen to see her as a presenter, I would encourage everyone to get on board and attend and meet this person. She has a wonderful um, wealth of knowledge to share. Wow, I feel so relaxed and excited at the same time. I don't know why, Gina, but I'm sitting here and I'm really anticipating this next kitchen table conversation. We've got a very unique and interesting topic, don't we? Yes, we do. Plus, we have one of the coolest people in divination in the kitchen with us. Oh, shucks, girl. <laughs> yes, and by the way, my dear, may I pour for you some herbal blueberry tea? Would you oh, like that? My favorite. No sugar needed. <laughs> oh. Well, you're all the sugar we need. Honey, <laughs> oh, she is the sweetest person. We have Marsha McCord in here in the kitchen with us at Oracle Soup. Yeah, and you know, just knowing Marsha uh, over these years and you know, our paths crossing at conferences and being Facebook friends and stuff. I really think of you as not only, uh, of course, a tarot person, but you particularly stand out in the realm of the Lenormand or Lenormand or whatever you want to call it, working with those cards and those symbols. But what I'm just getting to know about you is is how important symbols are to you and how Very they can much. be like uh, objects of divination or focus. Really, yeah, and it, it started back in my, my, my southern roots, we were laughing about that earlier, that started when I was a child in Florida, and uh, I started reading just ordinary playing cards, and uh, when I was six or so, and, and to her credit, my mother didn't stop me, so I thought that was good. <laughs> Thank you, Mama. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, they were, you know, from Kansas and everything, so you know, they might have stopped me, but uh, but they didn't. And my mom had an antique shop, and so one of the things that I would do would uh, be to inspect all of the new things that she um, had as her shop stock. And I would go with her also on buying trips. And by touching things and looking at things, I was able to get 
stories about the owners and all sorts of things. And usually it was, you know, I think, you know, I was a child, so it was very often about whether that person was a happy person or not a very happy person. Mm -hmm. And so I would tell my mom, you know, that, you know, I think you should sell this really fast because this person was unhappy. And And your mom would hear you. And and she did. She did, which was great, which was really nice. And part of that was getting to know a lot of the iconography of earlier America, earlier time. Give us an example. Give us an example. Well, I did love, I did love, and I still love, and I I, uh, have an enormous Ziploc bag just full of Cracker Jack charms that are amazing. Some, Some of them quite old. And some of them newer, you know. Now, if I were, let's say, in another part of the world, Mm -hmm. and I'd never come across Cracker Jacks, how would you help me understand what that is? Well, the Cracker Jacks themselves were boxes of caramel corn with peanuts. Okay, these are like a popcorn. So it's a candy, a candy Mm -hmm. popcorn in a box, a brightly colored box, and in every box there was a small toy. And that small toy might be a ring or a car or or a mustard seed or all manner of things. And, and very often, little plastic um, charms. And the oldest ones, of course, are made from very early plastic. You know, what my mother used to call vegetable ivory. And so... I've never heard that before. I know. And vegetable it, ivory. Vegetable ivory, you know. So it had that same ivory look to it, but of course was not any harm to an elephant, which mm-hmm. was important to both of us. So we liked those, but those little pieces like that um, started to have meanings for me. And I began to become interested in not only through my card reading where I explained very seriously to my mother that the queen of clubs was often misunderstood as a cranky woman, but she really liked animals. And I don't know where I got any of those I get this impression as I'm listening to you, Marcia, is they became your friends. They were like your friends and your playmates. Absolutely. And they spoke to you. You bet. And they or they spoke through the objects to you. What do you think? Very about often. That? Yeah, yeah. She's Very like, often. you've got me. And, and, and now we're you gonna, understand me. We're slipping into this whole divination with tools. Is how do we allow these tools to speak to us or through us? Well, I have to say that I feel that I'm lucky to have had that early experience. To basically keep the channel open, whatever mm-hmm. that yes. is, you yes. know. But it always involved looking at it and touching it and in, incorporating the whatever the essence of that specific charm, not just the fact that it was a horse and rider, uh, but that specific one and where had it been and whose grubby little hands had had it right. before me. And so now all of those things. So this is kind of slipping into psychometry, right? It is, very much so. so there's the yeah. psychometry, which means, hey, this object that I'm touching is telling me something about 
other people who have touched it. Absolutely. On the other hand, then when we think in terms of symbolism with Tarot and other oracles, the object itself, because of its shape, its archetype, whatever you want to call it, has a message in and of itself, right? So then also early in my childhood, my dad had this fabulous set of books on archaeology. Mm-hmm. And I was fascinated by all of the, the paintings and pictures and objects and especially the symbology left by all these many cultures that people dug up in the dirt and stole and yes, the Indiana Jones and another all of that. Yes, topic. All, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, five finger discounted and all of that. <laughs> Whatever those things were, but to be able to see those and understand that Anubis is there with his finger upon the scales because whose heart really is lighter than a feather and so he cheats for you because he likes you and says you know <laughs> that dumb thing you did like you know driving without lights it. when required or something <laughs> like that then you thought you were getting a ticket and maybe you didn't but yeah, it, whatever those things were that kind of doesn't count towards your afterlife accounting <laughs> situation that sort of thing and realizing that these stories and then fairy tales and I did torture my father for a very long time for three and a half years straight I made him tell me the story of Goldilocks and the three bears for three years straight you know practice until he gets it right and so it was the kind of the funny thing about that but the objects and the items within those stories yeah like the beds exactly the beds the bowls the chairs yes. those things the hardness of the beds the heart yes and what does that mean and yeah. what what does that indicate about the character of the person and what kind of person do you want to be and so not only did those symbols and the psychometry and, and, and images and the thoughts and ideas and the explanation for how our world works in mythology then become incorporated with it, but also the concept of free will mm-hmm. where it says, that says, I, I choose to be like this. I choose these symbols as my symbols. Oh, yes. I understand that these things are the things that are like me. Right. Well, I'm gazing across right now in person. Love to see (laughs) Miss Gina in person. And I'm totally drawn to the pendant on her necklace. Oh, absolutely. Right? So can you say something about that, Gina? Oh, it's a goddess. And she is raising... Oh, it's goddess. Sorry. And above... There's a little uh, garnet, I think, Mm -hmm. that she's holding above her head. And on the back, there's a huge uh, pentacle on the backside, silver. So you chose that. So what is it, kind of the energy or the message for you when you wear that? Well, you know, I have tons of jewelry. I'm a jewelry fanatic. Oh, is that what it says? That's one of the things I like about you. There's always jewelry. But I just thought it was really... um, Probably at the time or the day that I bought it, I was feeling particularly drawn to goddess energy, number one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, it was a, a, a pentacle on it. So tarot imagery or in symbols or whatever uh, are, are, was very important. And um, the fact that she was just holding this very little jewel, it's, it's, jewel. it's, it's yeah, like it wasn't anything that I was going to need to have this symbol, but they're collectively always important. So Yes. 
And, um, and, and when I look at it, and this is what we do with things like Tarot, right? I look at it and I go, this is a person, she's, she's standing there. She looks like a goddess. She has sort of like a Roman uh, flowing gown on. And her both arms are above her head and she's holding this lotus as if it's a sacred object that in some ways represents the sun or Exalted, yes. Yeah. And, and it, the garnet, of course, is a birthstone for January. Mm -hmm. And go back and find out what, what energy does garnet bring into right. your life. And one of the things I think is really important is when you pick out jewelry like that, you've somehow resonated with it. It isn't, the symbol isn't you, but something in you is represented by the symbol. Yes. You are much more complex and interesting and cannot possibly be captured in metal or vegetable ivory for that matter <laughs> <laughs> as the essence of you. And yet there's something about you then that is infused in those things that you that you resonate with. So if you're wearing your symbols then, let's just stay with that for a moment. Is it for you to empower you and remind you about that energy, or is it a sign of intimacy and connection that other people can recognize within you and they can approach you around it? Oh, it's a for me, it's a little bit of both sometimes. Um, if you see me, I'll usually have on my John Hardy Naga dragon. Mm -hmm. um, I have on silver jewelry, silver bracelets. Um, people typically will comment on my Naga Dragon. Um, when I saw this, I, I immediately said, I have to ha have this, and it will be something I will wear every day. Um, dragons, uh, it, for me, snakes, dragons, they're, they're wisdom symbols. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing that, um, for me, it represents. So I always think about wisdom and, and then there's kundalini energy. So it's like there's constant movement of energy. So it represents those things to me. Now, it's very beautiful. So people will comment. So it's not for necessarily attention, but for me, it's a reminder mm -hmm. of those aspects of myself and what I want to keep um, uh, reminded of be reminded of. So the things that I'm wearing today um, really have something to do with me too and I think that's interesting that you bring out the Naga and, and what the and the meanings for the Naga. The two things that I'm wearing uh, today, I've got actually more than two things. But well you got this tattoo neck. also. Yeah I got my tattoo. Talk about symbols mm -hmm. my, that you wear. Yeah people <laughs> ask me about my tattoo and I say it's two cats fighting on a trash can lid. Oh. And, uh, you know so if they want to know more they'll laugh and ask for more but it is from the book of Kells and and uh, oh yes there's, there's a whole story oh, the book about of Kells. that yeah, yes, the, okay. the book of Kells but it is two cats in a sort of fond embrace and so um, which uh, says that you know it's like we complain about life and yet we cling to it oh yes. so dearly you know I love and that so, I love and that. that's you know part of that but there's there's all so much more. It's almost another show. But, and you uh, have these two cats on your bracelet, too. I do. Those They're are facing. very special. They were a gift from a friend of mine. Okay. And uh, we recognized each other, which was an interesting um, thing to have happen. And we, all, we recognized each other from a past life. So we can wear jewelry that also reminds us of these special connections Absolutely. with other people Absolutely. or other things in life. It is, it is a promise that we had to each other, in a way. And so it, it has... It, it represents 
against that. And uh, but the two, um, the the two, um, I I don't know if you'd call them amulets or talismans. They're not really to ward anything off, and they're not really to draw anything in. But two symbols that I have, I um, I wear. I've got a little um, uh, a clay, a piece of fired clay. Um, that's glazed that is a bead basically in the shape of an ordinary pigeon rock dove and um, and my mother's maiden name uh, means um, a female pigeon in Bohemian and um, and um, I, I'll postpone why I like that so much but beyond the family until I tell you about the second one the second one I have is a, a wonderful little gold charm that is in the shape of the fish with his mouth open and has little moonstone eyes. And uh, cool. he's the fish from the um, Page of Cups. And I, uh, but one of the things I say constantly is listen to the fish. And it's like, what do you do to try to tune in to the messages that come from unexpected places? And in your case, I notice where it hangs is over the general area of your heart. Absolutely, because that's a cup's place. That's a I cup's hang. place. <laughs> can you get more? Can you get more specific about that? It's the cup's and, place. And so the chakras then are sort of like another symbolism. If we want Absolutely. to think in terms of the heart chakra. Uh -huh. So both of these, then, uh, and so both for my little pigeon uh, and for my fish, uh, um, where most uh, many, let's, I don't say most, but so many people will pick a symbol of power and ability. And these two symbols are not necessarily that kind of power. And for me, they represent the power of the ordinary day, of the unexpected, the uh, underappreciated, the uh, unanticipated oh, yes. and all kinds of, of things like that the um the unnoticed basically hiding in plain sight yes. and one more aspect for me that when i'm thinking in terms of the symbols which of course most of the time i am especially if i'm engaged in reading for myself or others is to me symbols are also movement and body postures and the bird that might be tweeting outside the window in a very sort of shamanic or uh, indigenous way and really seeing the world as being alive. Right. And so I'm picking up signals all the time and trying to find out what those messages are. So what I find interesting is there's the intended meaning of something which can be completely subjective. Right. There's a proposed mm -hmm. objective meaning of something. There's a metaphysical meaning depending on what uh, aspect of metaphysics you're looking at. And so for those of us I think, and I think this includes all three of us, we have a tendency to study all these different schools of thought and yes. experience, but truly, as you say, and I really appreciate this about you, Marsha, discovering it from the inside out, too. Yes, yeah. I think, you know, the other part of it is is being underestimated, and we so underestimate our own ability. That's why you need to listen to the fish. How do you develop your psychic ability? Listen. Oh, absolutely, wow. absolutely. And um, when you were mentioning about all the all the information that comes it comes from nature the symbols also come from nature and nature has given us five senses right with these things the information it's five senses that we have it's 
almost like if you're paying attention, listen, seeing, all those gives a, things give us specific information as well. Well, thank you for listening uh, with us today on Oracle Soup and having this kitchen table conversation with Marsha McCord. And I'm going to go back and listen to this again. Yes, it's a lot. It's a overwhelming <laughs> lots of information so great to have you marcia thank you so very very much my pleasure entirely thank you for spending time with us on oracle soup We invite your comments and podcast suggestions on our Facebook page, also called Oracle Soup. And be sure to visit our website, oraclesoup.org, for hot new servings of our saucy talks. You can also subscribe to the Feed Burner or listen to our pantry of Oracle Soup archived recordings, along with articles and links to more resources. And be sure to visit our personal websites to receive more information about us and the things that we offer individually. For Katrina, visit tarotcounseling.org. And counseling is spelled C-O-U-N-S-E-L-I-N-G dot org, like in Oregon, O-R-G. And for Gina, visit tarotadvisor.com. An advisor is spelled A-D-V-I-S-O-R. This content and the content of these podcasts are intended only to provide a summary and general overview on matters of interest. It is not intended to be comprehensive, nor does it constitute legal advice or legal opinion. This content is intended, but not promised or guaranteed, to be current complete or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. You should seek legal or other professional advice before acting or relying on any of the content. And thanks again for listening to Oracle Soup. Y'all come back now. <laughs>